0: Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Amber Carroll and I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Covenant Church. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, I'd like to say welcome. We're so glad that you chose to be here this morning with us. Uh, the fourth Sunday in Advent and Advent is our way of preparing for the long-expected Jesus. And we've been working through this message series called Do You See What I See? where we've looked at the Christmas story through the eyes of the different characters that God gave us in the story. And what we realized through this process, if you've been with us, that Christmas is this story is so inclusive. Like it, God is so good. He included like everything in the story: the cosmos, like the stars, and he included like animals in, in, in the manger and, and in the inn. Um, in that innkeeper, and uh, we included like older women who were barren and not able to have babies, and young, fertile, virgin teenagers who birthed Jesus. We've got kings, we've got, we've got angry kings, we've got kings on a search, we've got uh, Joseph, and we've got Mary. We've got all of the characters represented this just beautiful, inclusive story. And it is such a gift for us that we can participate in that. And God did all of that because he created all of the things that we have. He created all of us. He's got the whole world in his hands. And he loved us so much. For God so loved the world, all of the world, that he gave his one and only son to us. And we celebrate that on Christmas. And God um, loves us, we know this, Um, he loves us regardless of who we are, no matter what we've done. He loves the person who when you think, when they come to mind, they put a knot in your stomach and they make you stressed and worried. He loves that person. He loves the person who brings you joy. He loves the person that you see in the mirror. The person that you see and you look at and you think, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. You see failure, you see mistake. God says, I see you and I love you. And I reveal my love to you through the birth of Jesus. And we learn that we are not loved because we are lovely. We are loved because God is love and He can't help it. And that's good news, right? It's beautiful news. We get to celebrate together. We see this, God's inclusiveness, through who he chose to use to reveal himself through the story. We looked at the story of the shepherds, these ordinary, everyday, kind of outcasts in society. And we looked at the story through Elizabeth and Zechariah or Beth and Zach about wanting something so badly and waiting and waiting. And finally, God sees you and provides And then we see the story through Mary of like an unexpected turn and twist in life, and how do you respond to that? And we see the beauty of responding with joy and obedience. Today we're going to look at the story of the Magi, the three, we three kings of Orientar. You know the song we sing. it If you've grown up in church, you've been a part and you know that song. This, this, uh, this story that we're going to continue to look at, and hopefully with new and fresh eyes, is great. Because so often, we can get stuck in our own little world, right? Thinking that we are just kind of the center of it all. We get kind of wrapped up in all of the stress and the worry. A lot of people will also say that the Bible isn't relevant today. The story doesn't matter because, you know, it's 2019, and um, this was written a really long time ago. But what's really great about this story, it's living, breathing word of God, that is that it applies today the same as it applied back then. And we can see ourselves in the story when we come at it from a different angle. And we might say, God, do you see what I see in my life? Do you see all of this that's going on? And he says, yes, I see you. I see you. And, you know, do you see what I see? Do you see your potential do you see how I've uniquely created you? How I've gifted you? How I've loved you so deeply? And so we get to be reminded of that every time that we go into scripture and that we look at this Christmas story. So today we're going to look at the Magi and um, look at a little bit of the background. We know that the, the Magi were the three kings, we, we use those uh, words interchangeably. They were educated, um, they were astrologers, they studied the skies. They interpreted dreams and visions. They kind of had everything. They had friends in high places. They had a lot of money. They kind of had it all together. But something in them was missing. Something deep inside of them. They knew that it just wasn't enough. All of the things, all of the success, all of the friends, all of, all of it wasn't enough. That, that Something was missing. The Magi of the story represent us. They represent our story. See, we think often that we have everything we need, or we think we know what we need, and it's just not enough. So we're going to look to Matthew 2. If you brought your Bibles, you can open those up. Matthew 2, 1 through 12, and this is uh, the story of the Magi. It'll also be up on the screen. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Which we know, we won't spend time on that today, but we know that that was not the truth. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I love this. We know this about the Magi. They they were wealthy. They kind of had everything. They were educated. They had um, They had a lot to live for, like a lot of us. I mean, we live in America. I mean, just by the fact that we are here today in this temperature-controlled building, we have... To be grateful for that. We have the person sitting next to you. We have uh, food in our bellies. We have tons and tons of things that we can be grateful for, but often we are filled with a sense of not enough, always longing and waiting for the next thing, a sense of unrest. And the Magi felt the same thing, you know, we, we, we know that they were exposed to all forms of education. They knew about the stars and creation. They were men of significance. They were so powerful that when they came to town, the king, King Herod, called for an audience with them. They had the means to travel around the world in search of the star and to worship the king of the Jews. So they had the money to be able to do it. They were significant, successful, wealthy, and it wasn't enough. They were searching for something that was bigger than themselves. See, someone who would study the stars and the galaxies, they would, they would understand that there's way more to this life than what we can see. They would also understand that it's impossible for the creator to be inside of what it's created, right? I mean, the, the, um, their vastness of a creator to stand outside of its creation. I mean, they just knew inside of them, that there was more. And we know what it's like to want more. Do you know what that's like, to want more? You know, God created us to want more. We read in Ecclesiastes three eleven. he said that God set eternity in the human heart. Like there is a place inside each and every one of us on purpose, a whole on purpose that God put there that only God can fill on purpose, and we think we can fill it with a whole bunch of other stuff. It's like God put a beacon inside of uh, inside of us, inside of our souls to search for God. Anybody watch The Mandalorian? It's like like Baby Yoda, you know, like they're all like searching for Baby Yoda, like the Mandalorian's got the little, the beacon and they're all out. Anyway, if you've seen it, it's, he's quite adorable. Um, but God has done that for each and every one of us. We have this sense of longing that we think can be filled with more, more success. You know, we think if we we level up in our in our jobs, or if we are just better, and we get on the varsity team, or we get a promotion, or we make more money, or we get a we uh, get a title change, or maybe our if our GPA is a, a certain level, then then we'll, then it'll be enough. Or stuff, we, we fill that hole with stuff. I mean, Christmas time is n- never more of a time for us to realize that the, we're looking for stuff to fill the hole in our hearts. And so we buy more and more. And each year we do the same thing because it doesn't last. Stuff fades. And we know this. And we think about being people of, of status and of, of significance, of... Um... <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um that, um, you know, we have more followers on our Instagram or we have more friends on our Facebook pages or whatever it looks like. We just feel like if we do that, then maybe we'll feel better. We'll feel better about ourselves if we take the perfect selfie and post it on our pages. Um, Or our spouse. You know, we we look for the the feeling of wholeness in another person. John and I will be celebrating, this is our 21st Christmas together. Um, That's a lot of Christmases. 19 of the best in my life. Just kidding. That never gets old. Um, But John, absolutely, I would choose no one else to do this life together with. No one. And if I were to really live as though John was the answer to it all, I would put an undue pressure on John. He was never meant to fill that hole inside my heart. Now, he was created, I believe we were created for each other, to journey this life together, no doubt. But he is not the answer to the longing in my heart. That, that is reserved for God alone. And we are all together with the same truth. We are all on this journey together, trying to find the beacon, oftentimes getting off course, confused as to who or what we're looking for in the first place. And so we we look to the story of the wise men, and as they begin this journey at the beginning, we see from the very beginning, they know what they're looking for. So they've kind of gotten to this point in their life where they know what they want, because it says they came to Jerusalem because they saw the star, and they have come to worship the king of the Jews. Now, we know um, that... They were longing. We know that they were looking for something because it said it. But um, we can kind of see what it was that they were looking for in the gifts that they brought with them. See, I've never really looked at this before until I studied this passage. So uh, if you've been in church any length of time, you know they brought three gifts to, to, uh, to Jesus. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Um, now, it was very uh, deliberate packing. Uh, they were very intentional about what they packed. Uh, anyone a good, anyone pack? Are you, anyone consider themselves a good packer? Like when you go on a trip? Anyone? Just raise your hand. Like you like to pack. You're like the person who like lays out the luggage. The, it's open. You do laundry. You've, pack, you've got a list. You make sure you don't forget anything. Like, if I go anywhere with John's family, his sister, I guarantee you, has the car top or the back pulled, maybe a trailer for, for a three-day trip to the mountains. She will have bear spray. You know, if we're going to the beach, she'll have an eye wash kit. Um, I mean, she's just like, if you need something, Jennifer is going to pack it and she's going to have it. Um, I would bring, like, a fly swatter for bear spray or something. I don't know. I, I don't pack as well as that. But the kings, they, they, were, they went on this journey, and had, they, were, they packed with a purpose, and they had these three gifts, gold. So the first gift was gold. And gold was a gift that was fit for a king. We know that um, that was what they would give. That was the best gift that you could give. And they were looking for the king. They looked to the stars. And they said, that star is going to find the king, the king who's also king over the stars and over the heavens and over the earth and over the people in it. And so they said, what kind of gift can we bring that is good enough for a king? And so they bring gold. And they're not only looking for a king, but they're looking for a priest because they believe that in order to come to the king, the highest king of all kings, in order to come into the presence of God, we, at that time they needed a priest, and a, a priest who could intercede on their behalf. And we know that they were looking for a priest because they brought incense, and incense was at that time what they used for religious ceremonies. So when there was any activity where, their, uh, where religion was being practiced or um, ceremonials, they had incense, and they were looking for a priest that was, that was worthy for them. to to go on their behalf before the king. And then myrrh, which is a strange gift. Myrrh at the time was uh, used in burial practices and like in the embalming of bodies toward the end of life. This is what they did in the ancient Near East. And um, it's kind of a strange gift for a baby shower, I would think. But they knew that when they found God and this priest that would go on their behalf, that they... They they didn't feel maybe worthy of it. I mean, how many of you have been in a place in your life? Maybe you're there right now, where you're thinking, "I got to get some stuff together before I can get my life right with God." I've got some things I got to apologize for. I got to repent. I got to make right some sin. I have got to confess some things, relationships that are wrong. Before I can even go into the presence of God, I got to get my act together. See, um, the the. The gift of myrrh was a symbol of saying, We know, behold, the Lamb of God, who is going to take away the sins of the world. This is the gift for him because they knew that this baby was born to die. They were looking for their king and their priest and their savior. And we see that in the gifts that they brought. And you know, it says that they followed the star, like the star was moving, and the star was actually following Jesus, and it stopped right over where Jesus was. And so they're on the search, they follow the star, it stops over where Jesus is. It says they they go in, they they see Mary, they lock eyes with Jesus, and they fall down, and they bow in worship. And it was in that moment that their search was over. It was the moment they came face-to-face with that child that they knew. This was who they were looking for. This was the missing piece for their whole life. All of the longing, all of the, all of the needs, all of the searching, all of it stops when we come face-to-face with Jesus and we say, yes, I see you, I love you. And I bow down in worship and in surrender to you. In Revelation, we read that in, um, in the end, and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the one who has come to take away the sins of the world, my sins, your sins. Everything is held together in Jesus. Everything, heavens and the earth. So how will your search come to an end? I mean, when when will it be enough? I mean, it's when you find that when you get the new truck you've been saving for, when you finally accomplish baby step four, Dave Ramsey, which starts on February 2nd, by the way. Big fan of Financial Peace University. <laughs> When you build your business and you're, like, the biggest construction company in the state or when you finally, like, your kid has the best, you know, accolades, whatever it is we're searching for. The missing piece in your heart isn't missing for you to fill it with stuff and success and relationships. The missing piece stops. You stop searching for that when you understand that it is Jesus who was made to fill it. It's that relationship now, it's not because, like, when we, not when we find Jesus, like, oh, everything will be made right and my life is going to be perfect and happy and I won't be sick and I'll, I'll, all my relationships will be right and I'll, I'll get to baby step seven and um, whatever it is, like, that is not, the, but what Jesus offers and what he promises is that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is here now waiting for you and he promises that your life that you were wanting, the life that you were looking for, your best life now, happens in relationship with Jesus. And it's this peace that comes in us, a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that comes that only God could give us, that things of this world cannot do. And so my question is, when will you bow and surrender? Have you bowed and surrendered? You know, as we, as we wrap up this morning, what's fascinating in this story is there's two kings, right? We, there's the, the kings that are on a search for God, on a search for a greater king. And at the revelation of this greater king, at the discovery of Jesus, they bow and worship. And there's this other king, King Herod. Who was searching for the king. And at the revelation and the discovery of that king, he did not bow in worship. He wanted to kill him off. And each and every one of us in this room are the kings and the queens of our own hearts, our own kingdoms, our own queendoms. And we get to decide. Like, we get the option. When you come face to face with Jesus, will you bow in worship? And you have the option to do that, or you could choose to cut it out. But I promise you that the life that you're looking for will never be complete until you choose the worship side of things. And we get to do that today. If you're sitting here this morning and, you're, and you haven't fully surrendered, you don't fully understand, like this, this story is for you, that Jesus came for you, you can make that decision today that, Lord, I want you to be king of my heart. And so we're going to close our eyes. We're going to bow our heads this morning. Um, and, you know, if you are in this space today feeling like, God, I just, I've been trying to do this on my own. I've been searching after success and, and significance and, and searching for my wholeness and my, complete, my completeness in other people. If you're here right now in this space, wondering why your longings, your greatest longings haven't been filled. If you've never given your whole heart to Jesus, now can be the day. And you can just pray this in your heart with me that, Lord, you know, I, I recognize you as the king. I recognize that I've, I've put other things in place of you in my life. And Lord, I ask you to forgive. Forgive me for not recognizing you, for not trusting in you. Lord, come and be the king of my heart. Come into my life. Let me put you first. I trust you with it all, Lord. Amen. If our ushers could come forward um, this morning, a part of what we do is through our worship is through uh, we sing, we listen, we hear the word of God, we give financially, uh, we trust in God's provision, we sacrifice together. It's part of our worship. On the connect card and on the back of that bulletin, there's a place for you to give us prayers praises. If there is something in your life that we can pray with you, pray with you, celebrate with you, please let us know. Also on the bottom of that card, if there's a a place for you to let us know, if you're thinking of baptism, if you've given your life to Christ, you've never been baptized, you can do that. If you feel today like today's the day I want to start my life with Christ, you can let us know. We'll hang out after. Also, love to walk with you through that. But let's, uh, let's give God our, our offerings this morning, and I'm just going to pray over that. Lord, I thank you for this day, and thank you for the reminder of your goodness. Lord, as we give back and worship to you um, our finances, Lord, we just trust that you will continue to do the work that you are doing in our lives and in this community and in this church. We love you. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.